Let's just, let's just close our eyes a second. Father, we just thank you. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're so present with us and you never leave us or forsake us. We thank you, Lord. Thank you for the gifts that are represented here in the worship team and, and so many that are serving even now just to facilitate this kingdom ministry to this Eustace and to Varys and this whole region, Lord. We just thank you. We thank you, Lord, that we can be your hands and feet. We can love with these arms. We can touch people. Thank you, Lord, for the words of life that flow in us and through us. Oh, we love you, Jesus. Thank you for loving us so much. Amen. 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 Well, it's really good to see you here this morning. I'm, um, Corin's in the children's building. As she, you, know, you know her. She loves, loves children's ministry, so at least once a month she is there. And often, sometimes she's even there more than once a month, but that's, that's good. You know, um, I just want to mention, thank you, T, for mentioning about the life groups kicking off. Life groups and, and interrelated being, as you, as you hear us, our heartbeat here is to connect people. And any good, healthy church will teach us how to connect to people and 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 people are our strength you know that your brothers and sisters around you if you're not connected you can be stronger you can be stronger connected and you can be stronger when you know that you're loved and you connect and you're well known and you get to to plug in so i do want to encourage you jump in to those groups and there's there's interest-based groups and there's there's some assimilate groups which is just to go through the Sunday message or you know there's a, a discipleship group just to onboard and find out more about Lake Haven if you want to check us out and things like that so there are opportunities for you to get plugged in in different capacities in some of those groups but that's where we get connected and that's where you get stronger and you get to share not only get stronger for yourself but you get to contribute what you how and you're supposed to be part of this life-giving thing called the body. Um, I also want to mention Healing University has taken a, a, a break. So if you've been coming, Healing University has been is put on pause. It's been going for about seven months. We're going to put a pause on that. We'll see when we're going to kick that up again. It may uh, we may have a, a sort of an interest-based meeting once or twice before the end of the end of the year, and then we'll probably kick it up in full force again early in the year. But we'll just we'll see um, uh, about that. But Healing University is awesome to come and learn more about how you can appropriate the Word of God to receive healing for yourself. But this, I think this next semester, right, Keith, is, is all mostly about healing, how to, how to minister healing to other people. So just remember, though, that if you have been coming to Healing You, and I know we've had between 20 and 40 people coming Sunday afternoons at 5 p.m. So if you, if you have been coming, remember there is no Healing You this afternoon. Amen. That's awesome. Um, also, one other thing about, a, um, I, I guess you could call it a group, but not necessarily a life group, but we have a prayer ministry team that are really awesome, and we've got a really, really awesome prayer ministry training opportunity. So if you have always wanted to be part of a, of a prayer ministry or want to know about how, how to more effectively pray for other people, um, lead people in, 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 into salvation, to lead them to Jesus, or you want to know how to pray for people to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, all those kind of things. You can join up. You can contact Stephen Elise. They're sitting here in the front. Won't you, Stephen Elise, won't you just stand up a sec? Just if you don't know Stephen Elise, you may not see them in the dark there or something, but if you, see, if you grab hold of Stephen Elise and just put the, show them that you're interested, they'll get in touch with you and they'll set up a time because they've got a comprehensive training. And as I said, it's really an awesome opportunity. They, it, it's really a phenomenal training. So I highly recommend that. Amen. 
So um, Hans was here, and I and and good friend of mine, as you know, and, and he and he called the the, the workshop um, flowing in the supernatural, and it really was as as some of you experienced hands on. It was it was a practical way how we minister the supernatural in a very hands on kind of way, and that has been Hans's. Um, Hallmark, if I could say that, Hans has, Hans has got a, just a real uh, insight on how to activate some of those gifts that are inside of us. And, and we're going to touch on a, a little bit on that. But, but he had mentioned the baptisms in this last week. I know that in a couple of meetings he mentioned the baptisms. He was going through some the foundations of faith. And he said, you know, he spoke about obviously being filled with the Holy Spirit and being baptized in the Holy Spirit. And he, he expounded on that a little bit. On that whole topic, by the way, we do have a website that you can go to, and, and um, on our website, we're building the, the, the videos and the notes from the seminar, if you want to call it the seminar or the workshop. So if you go to the website, our website, lakehaven.tv, you will be able to revisit that. And I tell you what, what you experienced this week was only a touch. As you go back and you just draw on that resource and you watch those videos again or listen to the audio or, or use the workbook, because you know that Hans went through a lot of stuff, um, and then so you just... just just to appropriate that, um, get that in your heart, because that is life-changing life stuff. But he mentioned the baptisms. I was getting to this. Besides baptism in the Holy Spirit, water baptism. And so it, or whenever we mention water baptism, there's some people in the audience or some people come and visit us, and they said, you know what? I've never been water baptized. Um, and if you haven't been water baptism and you would like to hear more about water baptism, just text us on our texting church number. It's the primary way you get a hold of us is through 352-441-3016. And, and just reach out to us and say that you'd or just ask if I text that you'd like to know more about baptism and we'll be in touch with you and then we'll set a date and then we will we'll have a water baptism like we sometimes do over here and don't worry the water's not too cold we don't add too many ice blocks <laughs> just no it's all good amen so um before I get into my message this morning um just as a as a bridge, you know that I just finished a series before Hans come, well, I say finished, it's hard to finish a series called Possessing Your Land, because really we skirted, we gave you a very basic in three parts, three about how to possess your inheritance, how to lay hold of your inheritance in Jesus, because, um, and, and in a very short, like I said, this is just a bridge, because understanding that we in Jesus have by grace been given an inheritance, if you're in Christ, if you have made Jesus Lord and Savior of your life, then you have freely been given access to an inheritance. That inheritance is yours. Amen. Amen. But there is actually, you have to lay hold of the inheritance. You and I are, it's up to us. It is not automatic. Nothing in the kingdom is automatic. Nothing is automatic. We have this idea um, that if we just get saved, then everything is just going to fall into place. And it was like, no, there is. We have to access. We've got to, we've got to access the promises by grace through faith. And, and um, you know, you, we went into this uh, scripture, Isaiah, you heard it well. Hosea, um, sorry, 4 of 6. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Notice he's telling my people they can suffer and lack because of a lack of knowledge. 
If my people don't have knowledge, they can suffer because they don't know what is there. If you've never heard about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, if nobody has ever brought the Word of God to your ears and you've never heard, wow, that is a gift, that is an option that I can have, then you will not ever experience the baptism and the infilling of the Holy Spirit because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And so if somebody doesn't teach you or bring you the Word of God, and it's like this for all of our inheritance, you have a healing, but if nobody ever brings the Word of God to you about God's sure will for you to be healed, you will not necessarily ex automatically experience healing. Amen. But you see, we have that idea in the churchianity world. You know, we live in a churchianity sort of part of America. Now, not all the world lives in this kind of environment like, you know, Orange Avenue here where we have, I don't know, 56 churches. I don't know. You know, it's, I, don't, I don't know. But, but, but we, 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 we have so many churches. There's a, there's, a, a very, there's a very religious atmosphere in some parts of this country. And some of, the, some of the very, and I'm not trying to point my fingers at anybody. All I'm saying is that I grew up in religion. I know what religion does. Religion speaks externally. I'm, I'm spitting out here. Right? It's like... Religion, religion speaks to the external, and, and it, it tells you this is how you perform. Jump so high, do so many of this, perform this, do this ritual, say this many, say this prayer, say, do this, do that. And it's all an external action so that it, somehow with some magic formula, you're going to get God to jump on the bandwagon and then give you what he, you've asked for. And it doesn't work like that, as you've heard here. If, you've, if you stick around... Lake Haven, for any length of time, you'll find out how to access your inheritance. And, and, then, and then there's another scripture in, in uh, Isaiah 5.13. It says, my people go into exile for lack of knowledge. It's the same thing. So it's by, this is not only Old Testament, but even in the New Testament, it says in, in, in 2 Peter, it talks about how that we access our inheritance through knowledge. Because we have an intimate knowledge of, of these things. And, and, and we see that in, um, we, we saw in the series that, that uh, in, in Hebrews chapter 3 and 4, it says that, that they could not lay hold of the rest. They could not enter because of unbelief. And, and we, spoke, we spoke about unbelief or disobedience. The word disobedience there was they could not enter into their promised land. And I don't want to go and teach it, although I'm tempted to go. They could not possess it. Because they were impersuadable. They did not let their hearts get persuaded. Well, that's a whole nother thing. You see, you can't just sit here and, and, and just hear a word and then say, Oh, I've heard that word. Why isn't it working for me? I heard that. No. You have to allow it to persuade your heart. You have to, you have to become convinced of truth. You have to let the truth. Jesus said, if you're my disciples, then you will abide in my word. And when you abide, that word abide is settle down, make yourself at home, snuggle in. You get snuggled in. You get, when you abide in God's word, you make that word your home. And when you abide in his word, then you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. So there's a process of getting stuck in his word. Even, like I said, even healing. You know, you go through this in healing you. But as Psalm 107 verse 20, he sent his word and healed them. It is not automatic. Now, I know all of you want to hear that. Yay, it's going to be automatic. But, but the problem is, that it, is it is really good news. 
Because when you realize what you can do, what you can, how you can persuade your eyes, how you can yield to God, all of these things that are freely available, freely being the key word, free, 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 all of them are free. The gifts are free. They're freely available. They're just accessible through, through the word of God and through belief and through, and, and this, listen, journey with us. Jump on board with us. We will walk you in the process of laying hold of truth. I wish I could say, you just have to listen to me endure 40 minutes of Shannon, and then suddenly you will have it. But no, it, it is a, it's a journey. Discipleship is a choice that you start with, and you choose to become a disciple, to become a follower of Jesus. You choose, you don't just say, oh, Jesus, I'm going to give you my life. And then, you know, praise God if you go to heaven. Hallelujah. The, the alternative is pretty bad. And that's great. But I tell you what, if you want to be a disciple, if you want to lay hold of Jesus says, I have come, not that you can just make it to heaven. He said, I have come that you can have life and life more abundantly. And that abundant, I mean, when you unpack that verse, it is rich. Because that is over the top, exceedingly abundantly above. It's not just, hey, you just get enough. Here is, here is a jar of life and you can have it right to the brim. No. That word is exceedingly, not over overflowing, it's exceedingly abundantly above overflowing. That's how the language is there. God wants you and I to experience life. And, and we've gone through these series, you know, where we've spoken about repent and we've spoken about what that really means. It doesn't mean stop sinning as much as it is be ready to change the way you think. Be ready to, to embrace what the way Jesus thinks. We're playing this kingdom world, this kingdom life operates by a whole different set of rules, people. A whole different set of rules. A whole different set of things. But you see, if we don't embrace it, if we don't say, okay, Jesus, I'm ready. I am ready to jump in, boots and all. I want to embrace this kingdom living, this kingdom life. I want to possess my land. Then we won't lay hold of it. And then we can have these, these mediocre, unfulfilled Christian lives. You can, you can just struggle to get by. You can struggle to get by paycheck to paycheck. I mean, you can blame God for all your sickness, you know, because if he really had the power to do something, he guess he wanted to keep you sick for some reason. <laughs> I am testing you. <laughs> or I'm testing myself how well you've been listening. <laughs> God is not testing you. You, when you get to know the passion that God loves you with, you will have no doubt in your mind that God wants you healed more than, he, than you want you healed. That is a fact. But you see, because your theology is so screwed up, you think that if God can have anything He wants. Yeah, I know, I probably could send a whole bunch of you home and be like, well, he said the word screwed up in church. I said, it's like, I'm making you feel a whole bunch of you uncomfortable. Let me tell you, God is a sovereign God. 
He is in charge. He is God of all and Lord of all. But if you think that he, can't do, he can do anything he wants to, you're wrong. He, <laughs> it goes quiet when I start talking about this subject because I know some of I have got to write a little book on this because seriously, there's a, I'm telling you, you have got to get this settled in your heart. God has bound himself by his word. He has bound himself by his covenant. God is not a man that he should lie. Do you know that God cannot lie? So you can't say, oh, God can do anything. God cannot lie. Do you know that God cannot give and then take it back? Do you know because his name is Rophe, he cannot give you sickness? If God gave you sickness, he would explode into nothingness. Why? Because his very nature is Rophe, the healer. The healer can't give you sickness. The healer can't give you fear because he is shalom. He is peace. He is wholeness. You see, I believe in an all-powerful God, but I believe this God gave us a thing called free will very intentionally. He placed one tree in the garden. You know why he placed one tree in the garden? Haven't you ever wondered that? This is not what I was going to preach. <laughs> Come back next week. I'll tell you why there was one tree in the river. <laughs> so, you know, you wonder, why, why did you have to put that tree in the garden? It would have been a whole lot easier. Because you know that God's will is revealed in the Garden of Eden, right? God didn't make the world with sickness and disease and lack. They lacked for nothing. They lacked for nothing. Everything was perfect. That shows you what God's intention was for man. God's intention for man was not for him to sin. He had to, put a, he had to give man a choice so that free will could exist. Otherwise, if there was no... Now remember, the garden was a big garden. All the animals of the world, blah, 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 trees, you name it, were all in the garden. So it wasn't my quarter acre kind of garden back home. <laughs> this was a big place. And one single tree in the garden. And that was the only command. Stick away from that tree. They had plenty of food on all the other trees. But that one, they, and of course, then Satan came in and lied and set it up and made them mistrust God. And that was the fall. The fall wasn't so much. They, in the eating, they proved that they mistrust for God because they believed the lie. Satan sold them a bill of goods. They chose to believe Satan, that God is not as good as he wants. We can be better if we have that fruit, blah, 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 blah. But there had to be a tree for free will to exist. Let me tell you another one. Free will... <laughs> Let me rephrase that. Love cannot exist without free will. You see, if love would be meaningless without free will, if there wasn't free will, then you, if you only had one choice was to love God, then, then whoop-de-doo. That's kind of like, you know, never mind. I was going to thought of a bad example. <laughs> no. <laughs> But I mean, you, you, can't, you can't have a fool's choice. You can't have a single choice and then think, wow, that person really loves me. If, God, if your only option was to worship God and you had no option not to worship God, then what is, your, what is your value? You see, the thing that makes worship valuable is free choice. 
when you surrender your will willingly and you bring it to Jesus and say, I worship you. Why do you think God loves a cheerful giver? You see, if you give reluctantly, keep it. I promise you, God is fine. He doesn't need a penny. He doesn't need all. He, he put a trillion stars into place. He has enough power. He doesn't need anything. But what makes it precious is when you give it freely and you give it willingly. Anything like that with God. Love works like that. Worship works like that. Serving works like that. If you're serving reluctantly in any capacity in this church or anywhere else for that matter, if you're serving under, under duress, if you feel like, oh, I've got to do it, and it's like, then you're not, you're not embracing your free will. You have got to, you've got to, you've got to be so grounded and rooted in the ability to have a free will that you can say, okay, Lord, I'm offering this to you. And we see this all in the Old Testament where there was a free will offering. Not under obligation, you see. So, as I said, I'm, I apologize. I really did not want to read that. But, but I want you to understand that, that there is an opt-in option here. God has given us the choice. God, who is love, was looking for love. He was looking for an object to love. And in fact, John 3.16, which all of us probably know by heart, we've heard for years and years and years, the very first tells us God's motive, for God so loved that he gave. Love will always end up giving. And I'm not talking about money here. I'm just talking about giving. Love looks for a manifestation, a way to option, an object to love, to something to shower your love onto. That's what love wants to do, and that's what God is. God is love. He's looking to shower love on you and you and you and everybody because that is His nature. God is love. And you see, when we get to know Him, when we soak, and we, we soak in God and we get to know, oh, wow, He really is love, the more we get to know Him, we're like, Oh, but, but I know, listen, I get it. We've all been soaked in a whole bunch of theology. And you say, but what about this? Uh, what about this? Uh, what, I hope you're thinking that. Because there's answers for all of those. Or you could say, oh, well, I'm not going to believe what Shannon just said, or I'm not going to go and check out what Shannon said. You know, because First John 4 says twice, God is love. God is love doesn't say love, love, um, love is something God does. It says that God, love is something He is. Right. And here in, in John 3, 16, for God so loved that He gave. Okay. Anyhow, understand free will that God gave us is a huge key to understand. You must understand that every human being, including yourself, has free will. And that doesn't go away. That free will is something you have to surrender. Not when you come to Jesus the first day. You have to wake up every morning and surrender your free will. In every situation, you have an option to do it your way or you have an option to do it God's way. You have an option to do it this way. You have an option to do it that way. Your free will is still your free will. You do not have to. You do not have to persuade your heart. And we see that right from... Right from Cain, right from Adam and Eve. You can either do it God's way. He will advise you. He will lead you. He will guide you. He has sent us His Holy Spirit to teach us and to guide us and lead us. He is the great shepherd. He wants to lead us beside, you know, into green pastures and beside still waters. And He wants to do all of these wonderful things for us. But guess what? We choose. 
We choose. But if we don't even know that, then we die for lack of knowledge. Or we suffer, or we don't go into exile, or we never embrace it. And then what we do is we blame God. This is just a process, how religion works. And we blame God because it's God's fault. God didn't do it. So he becomes the baddie. wonder why God didn't do it. He had the power to do it. God is, it's not about whether God has the power. It's God, how God has limited himself within us. He has cre- and, and, and we can talk for this for weeks, if you'd like. Because, because when God gives us the choice, and he has, this is the nobility for us to choose and to, to, to go this way, it becomes our responsibility. And guess what? We don't like that so much. But let me tell you, God loves you and I that much. He loves you and I that much. But we have to opt in. We have to embrace knowledge. And, and, and I'm just grateful for a body like this. Because I can tell you, many of you who know me more intimately, you know that I have plenty of my own issues. And I am grateful for the, the friends that I have. I'm grateful for the time where I'm feeling down or I need encouragement or whatever piece of that. And I just say, thank you, Jesus, for these people. Or that, because that's how the body works. The encouragement that I have from friends or, or whatever the case is, you, you and I get to share and be part of the body. You get to be the part of the body that I am not and vice versa. And, and, and that's why it's so important to be in relationship. That's why it's so important to get known and to plug in. And, 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 and that's why it's so dangerous. Thank you, for guys, for everybody that's watching at home or watching on TV. But that's why it's dangerous if you think that's the only way to connect with God. It's dangerous. There is a danger if you think that that's all you can do. Just me and Jesus is enough. Just me and Jesus, I can do it all. Uh, not according to the Word of God. God's Word, God created the church for a reason. And I'm talking about the local church. He says there's one body of many parts. Each joins supplies. Each bought adds. I know, listen, people, I know I've just kicked over a major another sacred cow. I'm sorry. Or am I? Do I sound very sorry? I'm, I know, I know, me and Jesus is enough. I can take on the whole world, me and Jesus. How, long have, how much have you heard that? Except that's not what God says. Now listen, I'm talking about living a whole life and fulfilling His kingdom cause. I'm not saying make it to heaven. Because yes, you can be in the boondock somewhere and Jesus can appear or, a, or you can hear or pick up a Bible and you can come to know Jesus and you can go to heaven. Praise God. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about living life and living it to the full. I'm talking about being a part of the kingdom cause and, and becoming part of us taking this gospel to the world. I'm talking about influencing the world. I'm not talking about living a little selfish Christian life that it's just me and Jesus. In fact, if you are living a little selfish life with you and Jesus, you haven't quite heard the love of God just yet. Because God says, he who loves knows God. He who does not love does not know God. In other words, when you get to know God, 
when you get to know God's love, when you and I get to know and embrace God's love, you know what? You can't stop us from loving people. You find these people, these beautiful people that are smattered or scattered around us, that you can't help them. They just give to people, and they bless people, and they give you a fridge, and they give you this, and they give you cookies and stuff that you don't need so much, whatever. You just get people that keep giving to you. They've got, they're manifesting all their gifts. You know why? They, because they, they like God. They like God. They just want to keep giving. And guess what? Jesus said it's more blessed to give than more receive. Because in that giving, you get, there's this thing called purpose. It kind of feels like you were made that way. Ephesians 2.10 says it that way. He says that we were created unto good works. That's what good works are. When you become like your father who loves you, then suddenly you start doing these things out of a motive of love. Nobody's making you do anything. Nobody's making you do anything. Nobody's requiring you to do something. Nobody's saying, oh, you better show up at the life group or you better show up at church or do this. At least you can do this. God did this for you. The very least you can do is do something for him. That's called manipulation. If you don't want to do something for God, then tell him. You think he doesn't know? He knows. You may as well just be honest with him and say, Jesus, I don't know about so much. I just want to, you know, I just want to hang out here. I don't want to just, just, you know, and, and he'll be just as straight with you because he loves you. You see, speaking the truth in love, we build one another up. It says, speaking the truth in love. So the, the closer you get to know God, the more you, it's fun when, when he starts talking to you sarcastically. Oh, I kind of like it. He, is, he can be very sarcastic. I love it because I guess sarcasm is one of my love languages maybe. I don't know. I don't know. No, I don't know. It's just like, but you see him that way in Job, right? You see him of Job 40 to 43. God gets very sarcastic. And I've heard him. I've heard that. I've heard that. I've heard that a few times. It's kind of fun. It, it is kind of fun. But you know that, that he loves you more than you possibly can imagine. He loves me. I know that we haven't even scratched the surface of, my, of his love. He says that, I, he says that this is that, that you be rooted and grounded in his love. And he's talking about firmly established so that you can know the length and the breadth and the depth and the height of his love so that you can surpass knowledge, that you can be filled with all the fullness of God. You see, there it is again, the knowledge of his love, the knowledge of his love. Love is who he is. Love is what he's about. Love is everything. And when we, love, when we experience the love, then we become part of this body. When, then, then there's this First John 4. I had that all ready today, but, and maybe we should read, read that. Then at least I could say we opened the Bible today. <laughs> but but, but in, in 1 John chapter 4, verse 7, he says this, Beloved, let us love one another. For love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. And whoever does, anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. But listen to where he starts. Listen to, uh, you know, First John chapter 4 is a phenomenal book. I mean, that chapter is just so loaded with rich, juicy, wonderful, awesome stuff. 
But in verse, but verse 7, this whole chapter is not just talking about God's love for us, and it expounds on God's beautiful, incredible, wonderful love for us as humankind. But it also tells us how we love one another as a result, because this is not beloved, let us love one another, it says in verse 7. Let us love one another, because love is from God, and whoever, has, whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. It's talking about a present continuous tense. He says, you've been born of God and you know Him. Listen, we all have days when, well, maybe you don't. Some of us are holier than others. <laughs> you all, when some guy cuts in front of you or whatever, and you're like seething and you, or whatever, you know. You know, you're like, it's hard to remember. I've been born of God and I know God, <laughs> you know, <laughs> whatever the case is. But, but, but it says, you know, it's, it's talking about, listen, when you are experiencing God's love and you're in a place that this, you're getting sort of, sort of a download of God's love. When you're experiencing, you're tasting it, it's, it's, it's your present tense experience. Then you will love other people. And we don't all love, we don't all experience that at the same time, right? So then, then let's look, look at verse 11 and 12. I'm jumping because I'm not going to go through all this. But, but then verse 11, beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God abides in us and His love is perfected in us. That's powerful. No one has seen God, but if we love one another, God abides in us and His love is perfect in us. Now, that's not a conditional in like God doesn't live inside of us because I, I've got, we've got a list of scriptures this long about greater is He who is in you than he that is in the world. And God is in the great mystery, Christ in you, the hope of glory. There is so much about Christ living in us and the Holy Spirit coming to live and dwell and settle down and make His life in us. So it's not saying that God doesn't do this if you're not walking in love. It's talking about a present tense experience, okay? If God, if we love one another, then God abides us and His love is made complete or brought to it. brought to maturity. That's the word teleo over there. And then in verse 19, listen, we love, we love others, in other words, or we have this act of love because He first loved us. I didn't have it ready for you, but in John 13, Jesus gives us the new commandment. This is the new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you. You know how often I heard the first part of the verse, but not the second? Love one another, love one another, love one another. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Stop. We can only love one another when he, we can receive the love that he's given us. So back to 1 John 4, over here, verse 19 says this. We love because he first loved us, verse 19. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. What? Say what? For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. You see, this, this chapter, as I said, if, if you go and study it at home, and I highly recommend that you do, just use it as a devotional. Just, just soak in this beautiful, powerful knowledge of God's love and how he's manifest his love to you. But, but you know what? then manifesting your love one for another becomes a wonderful, easy, awesome, incredible thing, okay? 
you know that um, we have these little cards. And this is what I believe T and the youth used. We have a bunch of them back there, and, and we, have, we created these. We made these cards, I don't know, last year or sometime or whatever. We just want to show you God's love in a practical way. And it's just got a heart on the back. It's got, when, well, this, is not, this is not a promo to push anything except Jesus. Where Jesus pushes. We want to push Jesus on people. We want to tell people how much Jesus loves them. And what, what the youth did, I mean, man, I tell you what, aren't we blessed to have somebody in the ministry that gave us a huge chunk of money and said, hey, listen, I want to just bless the, the youth so that they can do something like this. How would you like to be walked up to in Publix or whatever parking lot and be offered a $50 gift card? That's pretty awesome. I love that. I love that because Lake Haven isn't about trying to eke something else out of the community. We want to demonstrate. We want to give to the community. We want to tell people how much they are loved. We want to show them how much they are loved. And uh, the youth are going to do another one. This is, this is the first one. We're gonna, we, they're going to do it again. And, and you know what? We've, we've said this. If you've never experienced the joy of giving, take a couple of these cards and try it this week. Yes. Fill up somebody's gas at the next time that you're at the gas station. Pay for their meal when you're through a drive-thru. Have you ever done that? Pay for the person behind you in the drive-thru. Pay for, give, give something away and just maybe leave this card. That's all. Don't, we're not trying to push anything. It's not about Lake Haven. Just love on them. Just love on them. Just become a, become a, become an, and see what it does in your heart. Because I can tell you something. There is a purpose that you and I are created for that feels right. When we are instruments of love, we become instruments of God. As he is, it says in that same chapter, and I think verse 17, 1 John 4, 17, as he is, so are we in the world. You've heard me say it, and I, I mean, I've got a message, I've got a few messages on, on that, but man, you and I get to be the hands and feet of Jesus, the mouthpiece of Jesus. If we don't express love in a tangible way, then who will? Amen. Amen. Well, I didn't get to my message. That's okay. <laughs> you know, you know, I, I've got to learn to listen to God better, I must admit. Yeah. No, we, we are. But no, God is, yeah. The, the exciting thing is that I love this word mystery, and I've unpacked it before, but the gospel is this mystery, and, and it says that Christ in us, it's a mystery, it's a great mystery. The word, the, it, I don't know, it's, it's mentioned a few times in the, in the New Testament, the mystery, the mystery of the gospel. And I love it. It's like, what do you mean the mystery? Because it, it, it means, the word mystery can mean secret, um, but, it, but it really, it, really it, it talks about something that is kind of hidden from the obvious sight. And, and the gospel is kind of hidden from the obvious side because when you delve into it and when you start walking that road, it, come, it becomes more revealed to you. Yeah. That's what the word mystery means. It's, it's sort of, it's, um, 
I'm trying to think of the word. It's not indoctrinated. What do you use like if you join a secret society and you become initiated? That's the word. The word is initiated. When you become initiated into something, and you know how in these secret societies you get deeper and deeper and deeper. You start somewhere, and then when you pass a certain level, you get deeper into it and deeper into it. That's how that works. That's how deception works as well in a very negative sense. But that's how the gospel kind of is, and the kingdom is, because you don't get to know all of the kingdom out straight out the gate. As you, as you enter, it's not because God's trying to hide it from us. It's just that, that we have to step into it. You, as you step into the mystery of the kingdom, as you step into the mystery of the gospel, it becomes more evident. It's like it's that you see, oh, wow. And it's, it's, like this, it's like this exciting journey of discovery. It's like finding new things all the time. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. You know what I mean? So your life can be one of continual discovery and it should be. That is, that's, a, that's the exciting journey of discipleship. But if you think, yeah, I know it all, I've heard it all. You know what I mean? If that's your attitude, then you're missing out because you are stuck. You are stuck because you don't know it all. I certainly don't know it all. But we can if we embrace this heart and say, okay, God, show me. If Jesus says that, we, that there's more to this than we can imagine, then don't you want to jump in? Or if you're in, don't you want to go a little deeper? Don't you want to know a bit more about him? Don't you want to find the next surprise? Don't you want to take the next step? What is that next step for you? Amen. Let's pray. Father, Thank you. Thank you that you have got an immense love for us. And Father, I pray that I, kn I know that you have stirred a few things in different people's hearts. And Father, I pray by your spirit right now, every heart that is hungry to take a step with you, that you meet them exactly where they are. If you're willing to take another step, all you need to say is, Jesus, I repent. What does that mean? That means that you're willing to change your mind. Are you? Are you willing to let go of something that you've held tightly onto for a long time? Are you willing, if God shows you in his word, I'm not saying some crazy thing Shannon says, are you willing, if God shows you something in his word, are you willing to embrace that even if it's a sacred cow that you've held on to for a long time? Because he is willing to lead you in, the life, in life everlasting into more life. He wants to walk this journey with you. He, he will never leave you or forsake you, but he wants to take you step by step. So, Father, we just yield to that. If you've never made Jesus even started the journey, if you've never said, Jesus, I, I want you to be Lord of my life, and I declare you as Lord of my life, that's, that's as simple as that. You just say, Jesus, in your heart, he knows, he can see you. 
you just start there. You just say, Jesus, I want, to, I, want, I want you to be Lord of my life. I surrender my will to you. I receive you as my Lord and the Savior and my Savior. Thank you for dying on that cross, for paying the penalty for my sins, for every one of my sins, past, present, and future. I receive that awesome gift. And Lord, I want to know your love. I want to experience your love. I want to know what Paul is saying there in Ephesians when he says that you get rooted and grounded in the love of God. I want to know that. I want to experience that. I want to know what it's like to be happy and experience joy above the circumstances of life. That's your inheritance. You know that? That's for you. That's what God came to give you. That's what God came to give you, to experience life over the top. No matter what sort of things are happening, you can experience life. No matter what circumstances are against you, you can be asleep in the storm. You can be at rest. I do sense that. There's just such a sweet rest presence here. Just rest in Him. Thank you, Jesus. You just yield to that. I just sense the Holy Spirit has really melted some. He's done something in a bunch of hearts today. And that's really just Him. It certainly wasn't me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for loving on us. Lord Jesus, we don't make light of the awesome truth of what you paid for us. Father, we want to, we want to embrace this kingdom cause that you've called us to. And we know that this adventure with you of discipleship is exciting. And it may be challenging. But you will never leave us or forsake us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. This morning, if you're one of the, if you're here and you have a need in your heart, whether it's physical or emotional, particularly emotional, I've sensed a number of emotional needs, some really heavy emotional needs. If you have an emotional need, I want to encourage you, stay behind and speak to some of our awesome prayer ministers. Just share with them. They will totally keep your Whatever you share with them will be completely confidential, but they know how to help and minister to you. And if you've got a physical need, absolutely the same. In fact, you know that so often a physical need will be met instantly, just like that, when you receive the love of God or when you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit or when you receive an emotional healing. Sometimes just like that, you experience a physical healing too. It's true. I've seen it many, 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 many times. But you have to be prepared to let go of what you think and be prepared to just embrace God's word. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I just speak to people, even watching online. Lord, I just, I command a blessing, your blessing there where your word goes, where hearts are opened here and online. In Jesus' name, the Lord will meet you right there. In Jesus' name, he'll manifest his love in a very practical way.
We speak healing over your body, your mind, your emotions. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. 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 Well, y'all, um, I did touch on some of my message. I kind of just squeezed a bit of it in here and there, but no. You know, um, as, as we come to a close, I, I would want to do, just say this about Hans's ministry. You know, Hans brought a lot of ministry, particularly about the gifts and being established and how to operate practically in prophecy and and um, I, I do want to touch on that it's worth, it's worth us discussing that a little bit. Um, and that's what I had intended to do a little bit. Let's get stuck into prophecy. But as First Thessalonians, you can go and read first 5 verse 19, says that we're not to quench the spirit and despise not prophecy, but to test all things and hold on to that which is good. Amen. So we'll, we'll touch on that a little bit next week. Okay. Amen. Amen. So if you're here this morning, as we, as we get ready to dismiss right now, I want to encourage you, if you're one of those that need to speak to a prayer minister, stay behind, speak to a prayer minister. Remember to plug into the groups. Text us if you need anything, our text in church number. If you're new here, you're so welcome. Please grab a mug on your way out, and, and um, we love you guys. Have an awesome week. And if you're going to be here for overflow service Wednesday or for, or for the youth, then we'll see you Wednesday service. Love you guys. Have a great day.